Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Thursday, May 11th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joining you today for a two-man installment of Nintendo News Report fueled by the latest E3 news. Of course, once again, Alex Kalafi, joined by Canada's Donald Terrio. Hello, Canada's Donald Terrio. Hello. Um, nor if uh, Sadly, the news about Shantae have half genie hero coming to switch broke too late for us to get zach on tonight Mm. yeah zach's got some uh some home business to attend to which means donald and i got it got some two-man news commentary going on now there's very little news this week which means that we may keep this to a briefer show but that also means that we're going to pay extra 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 attention to the latest e3 news which is that this morning 14 hours ago, Nintendo revealed their E3 plans. Now, this is three-pronged. The Nintendo Direct that's not a Nintendo Direct this year is called Nintendo Spotlight E3 2017. June 13th at 9 Pacific, 12 Eastern Time. Uh, It's a look at Nintendo Switch games in 2017, including Mario Odyssey. There's also Nintendo Treehouse Live for Nintendo Switch and 3DS games. So that's coming back. And there's also live tournaments, June 13th and 14th. There's the 2017 Splatoon World Inkling Invitational and 2017 Arms Open Invitational, which are both obviously live from Nintendo's E3 booth. Donald, Neil had a tweet today that kind of encapsulated everything I feel about this Nintendo E3 news, and that this was exactly what we expected. No surprises. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no real surprises there. Aside from maybe the fact that they're doing two tournaments, which sort of delineates probably some of what we're going to see in that digital event. But I think they said that, like, the they indicated that the focus of this was going to be on 2017 Switch games. But I, I that doesn't necessarily mean that that's all we're going to see like i think they said there would be focus on wii u games a couple years ago and we got 3ds stuff in there as well such as the debut of the game of the year last year and and in the direct a couple of months in the direct last month around this time we they said the focus would be on arms and splatoon 2 and that ended up being like 40 percent of the show with Mm. all the other announcements that they had in there so I'm pretty sure that the the digital spotlight is going to have some 3DS stuff in it as well. Inclu- and I think the probably the big one though is probably going to be the Kirby game. I think the Kirby game is going to get revealed in a press release after the digital presentation. I think unless Nintendo explicitly says 3DS, we're not going to see 3DS whatsoever. But Maybe that's just me being pessimistic. I mean, some people might take that as being optimistic that we don't see the 3DS in this thing, but I, I think they, if they are serious about this, about the 3DS continuing to be a platform that they focus on this year, and based on the fact they have hardware coming out just after E3, they probably do, then expect a small, a small corner of, of the presentation to be allotted to 3DS stuff. Who says Even Nintendo's if... serious about the 3DS, though? They're releasing Nintendo. more 3DS. That doesn't count. Nintendo said the, th- the same thing about Wii U until the day 
they revealed that Zelda was going to be the last Wii U first party game. Until they say it's the last game or supports sunsetting or supports dwindling down or we're focusing on the Switch now, Nintendo will continue to say that 3DS is a priority. But I I don't think 3DS is a priority anymore. I think the fact that we have this multiplayer action Kirby game as Nintendo's big fall title, barring any Pokemon game, means that 3DS is probably on its way out. Though it wouldn't take a scientist to tell you that. Yeah, I mean, Kirby is usually the the sign of the last of the sunset is about to hit for Nintendo platforms. Yeah. See, the well, basically sent off the Wii U as a, as a going concern, and then it did that with the Wii, the DS. So we, we've gone over the history of Kirby games as platform killers in the past, going back as far as the NES. Cherry Goblin says 3DS is in a different situation than Wii 3DS sold more. You're right, Cherry Goblin, but we've already seen the way they're different. 3DS, the Wii U came out in 2012, ended in 2016, aka super early 2017, but really 2016. The 3DS came out in 2011 and is go- probably going to have support through early 2018. You're right, it's a different situation, and also we've already seen the fruits of Nintendo's success. We, in fact, one more whole year, one and a half more years of the fruits of those success. So I, I think 3DS is think, probably going to wind down. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the closest comparison we might have is the fact that um, I think in 2010, the the E3 show that famously spawned the Santa's in our booth ha- giving out sexual favors comic from Penny Arcade. Uh, they had a little bit of 3DS stuff in that they pimped Dragon Quest Nine, but then they basically the rest of it was all Wii games. Yeah. So I think this. I think. Uh, I mean, 2010 was probably the the best, the the last good press conference Nintendo ever had, barring the, until the Switch event came around. Wait a second. Was 2010 the Kid Icarus one? That was the one. Yeah, that was the. Uh, that was Donkey Kong Returns, Kid Icarus, 3DS reveal, and that that was the one where the Skyward Sword demo breaking was the low point. The 3D Land, which was the fall, wasn't 3D Land the following year? Yeah, that was 2011. That was also the one that ended on the Wii U, which nobody really understood what the hell that was. In, in retrospect. I guess I remember enjoying that press conference a lot. Now, if you want to talk about lesser Nintendo press conferences, boy, oh boy, would I have something to say to you about 2012. Yeah, 2012, the, the, the press conference is so bad, it ruined press conferences for Nintendo in general. That's, okay. So, as, as many people, one of my dreams will always to go to E3. Um, I see 2010, I get more excited. 2011, more excited. 2012, I joined the site. 2013 was the first E3 and the only E3 I've ever gotten to go to. And it was also the first E3 where there was a digital presentation instead of an E3 stage show. The only uh, actual stage show I got to go to that year was, in fact, EA's, where I did get to see... I think it was Aaron Paul, and I think it was also Mirror's Edge and Star Wars Battlefront getting revealed. 
which were kind of hype audience moments for E3, considering it was an EA press conference, regardless of how those games ultimately turned out. But it's been it's, Nintendo not doing press conferences has been a bit of a sour note for me for some time. I Well, given that this is probably the last E3 anyway, uh, get used <laughs> to it. Yeah. Yeah, the video game coverage is moving in a different place. Influencers actually have the influence now. And and we saw the let, let's just say I think the switch reveal might have been more effective if they hadn't done it at one o'clock in the morning or midnight my time for for an, audi- an audience in Japan. It could have been a little smoother. At the I very agree. least, it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been an hour, and or they could have gotten more things in. So yep. that's why. Well, between that and E3 opening to the public, that's like, yeah, next year this won't be E3 as we know it. It'll just be like PAX Southwest or something. That's fair. That's fair. Maybe we will probably evolve in that way. Something more tied to shareable content. Hashtag content. Let's talk about this stage presentation. The tournaments, whatever. It's it's more Nintendo tournaments. The Treehouse Live is cool, but that's also a bit of a known quantity. They're finally returning to the stage. Not the stage but the Nintendo Direct stage after having a year off, which means we're going to have some Switch games to talk about. Mario Odyssey, very excited about that, but we already knew that's happening. They're probably going to do a little bit on Splatoon and ARMS because those are still a slightly, a, at least a couple weeks out to a month or change out by the time I, this I thing think, happens. Well, don't forget, ARMS comes out the Friday of E3 weeks, so... If they're going to do anything with ARMS, it's probably going to be, hey, it's out this week, check out the tournament tomorrow night, and then move on. Yeah, totally. But they're still going to mention it. They're probably yeah. going to mention NBA 2K, an actual good basketball game on the Switch this year, Donald. <laughs> they're also going to probably, if Smash exists, they'll talk about it here. If Rabbids exists, they'll talk about it here. They're going to have one or two more Nintendo games to talk about that may or may not come this year, might come early next year. Like, we might see a glimpse at whatever the spring Nintendo game is. I, well, they have they have Fire Emblem Warriors, which is supposed to be fall. and That'll I definitely see, appear. Yeah, and, they'll, and what they could probably do at the end is be like, and also we have Fire Emblem insert subtitle here coming out on Switch early next year. It, that's not coming out early next year. There's no way Fire Emblem Switch is an early next year game. But you know what might be an early next year game? Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Well, I mean, uh, we know that the uh, the wife of the director, who is very active on Twitter, is saying she's really looking forward to June. So, I. But yeah, you're you're probably right in that we're gonna we're we're gonna see a date. If we see a date on that, it's probably gonna have. January or February. Sippo says Retro Studios is 100% coming. That's his prediction. That's a very valid prediction. In fact, much like the E3, the E3 2013 presentation might actually, we we might see echoes of that in this year's stage show. We're going to see Mario take priority. We're going to see potentially Smash Bros. if that thing exists. We're going to see um, a retro studios project, no matter how exciting it is. And it'll, and, and if we get Donkey Kong, awesome. 
I think two, as someone who loves Donkey Kong Country Returns, two games in that series is plenty. One might say well, one more than plenty. <laughs> well, tell that tell that to the original Donkey Kong Country trilogy. Retro, I think Retro is going to get the chance to finish the fight if they're not doing something completely different, like a brand new IP. They get to bring back King K. Rule. TR, TRBR says proper Metroid is coming. Keep the faith. Hmm. I've, I want to one day play a Metroid game that I totally get into. A 3D Metroid game that I totally get into. I totally got into Fusion and Zero Mission, but that's, the, that's as far as I've actually enjoyed the Metroid series. So I kind of hope they do their own game. Weren't they posting job-related stuff about like shooting or multiplayer or something like that. Multiplayer, I think, is what what everybody glommed onto. Yeah, so it could be that. I I think retro is a relatively safe bet. The other possibility is Pokemon Stars. Do we think Pokemon Stars appears at this E three because we did not have an Omega Alpha style a reveal remake. in May? Right, we don't necessarily have a remake coming, and it's not going to be a Pokemon Direct kind of reveal. So if there's a Pokemon game this year, we haven't seen it yet. Which means it's going to be revealed at E3 if it exists, right? Uh, I still think they would go to something that would be more Japan-focused. So you're more likely to see it. Like they might do, Like, we might get some details before the show. But Pokemon Company works on merches to their own beat, so I suspect if we if we'll probably get something along the lines of what we got with X and Y in 2013, which is here's a new gameplay, here's a couple of new gameplay elements that we're bringing in. If it's a Switch game, here's how we're going to adapt the game to the Switch, and then they move on. Like it may, maybe gets 90 seconds in the in the video tops. I have two questions for you then, Donald. One. Is Pokemon Stars real? I think there is. I think there is a Pokemon Switch game, main like a main series game in development. I just don't know what Stars will end up translating to. Although, granted, Pokemon Company has hinted at it quite heavily in the last few days with some of the merch stuff they've been posting. My second question is: Does it come this year? Yes. It it at the if anything if it doesn't come this year it's in the Xenoblade two situation where it's early next year, but I think they're going to move hell and high water to get that game out for Christmas because that is something that could break records if it comes out on a platform as hot as the Switch hopefully will be by that. Oh, Pokemon's hitting on a holiday. There's no way it's hitting in March unless they planned for it to hit in March the whole time. It's for take Mario Odyssey. Mario Odyssey is going to come out somewhere around November eighteenth, regardless of how ready the game is to ship now, and it's going to be damn near perfect when it comes out too, because that's how Nintendo rolls. Zelda they had to keep delaying because it's Zelda, and also it may have been the biggest game Nintendo had ever made. But as far as Mario is concerned. That game's coming out somewhere around November 18th because that's the way this thing rolls. Pokemon is the same way. 
if they need it to come out this year, they'll find a way to put it out this year. Yeah. X and Y proved that to me, if nothing else. Well, I mean, X and Y, they had like nine months of lead time in that game between announcement and release, where it came, you know, announced in January, came out in October. Sun and Moon had about that, but I don't where this isn't the where this isn't probably leading a generation, and they can prop between a bank app for Switch and you just utilize just dipping into similar you know having similar infrastructure for trading and battling and all that. I think it shouldn't even if we see it in June. Like if it gets announced in June, it's a December release, but it is still coming out in 2017. Okay. I have another question for you, Donald. Do we hear about virtual console at E3? It only if they have a major game for the fans to lead off with it. I'm talking Mother 3 level. <laughs> it might actually be Mother 3. Tyler yeah. Tyler Tyler D asks a question that actually does have an answer. What has Monster Games been doing? They've been making NASCAR video games. Yeah, they they are not as tied they are not as tied to Nintendo as some other as your next levels would be. So they were working on a NASCAR game that came out on PS4 and Xbox One last year. To this point, we don't know what they're working on. They haven't really announced what they're working on since. For all we know, they're porting Fire on the Warriors to new 3DS. I thought it would be cool if Monster Games picked up the mantle of the Donkey Kong series, considering they're the ones who did the 3DS port of Donkey Kong Country Returns. That's what I always hoped. You could give them Donkey Kong Country Returns so Retro never has to worry about it again. Metroid, yeah. Go ahead. But I mean, Retro did like Retro chose to do return or chose to do Tropical Freeze. Like they, it came down to a vote, same way that you know Call of Duty World War Two came about. And you know, if if they want to do that, then so much the better. But I mean, that that means we get you know Next Level doing another Metroid Prime, which hey, last one was really good. So Neil is picking up the James Jones mantle of guest hosting from the chat. And he makes the point that one of Monster Games' higher-ups died a year or two ago, and that's supposedly why they faded a bit. That's oh, okay. Miles Dolding, will Suda51 return? My answer, uh, next year. <laughs> yeah. You're going to see more of him next year. Yeah. I'm. There's some third parties that I'm very interested to see what they do as far as the Switch at E3. Um, EA? EA, like, do they show FIFA on Switch at their show? Oh, um, yeah, because isn't FIFA coming out on the Switch? Yeah. Now, yeah. the question is, will it do well enough to be more than a contractual obligation game for the platform, which it, by all rights, it seems to be at this point. Right. And and that's not a contractual between EA and Nintendo. That's a contract contractual between EA and, and the second biggest money laundering operation on the planet. Which is... Uh, FIFA. FIFA. I, I was thinking of all these free-to-play games to see <laughs> which one you were talking about. Yeah, number one's Dota. <laughs> number one's Dota. Oh, apparently Dota's a good video game. I've actually... I've been sort of 
dipping my toe in the free-to-play waters as I've just built. Hold on, let's see if my camera can get to it. Right there, you can see the lights. That's Thor, and he's specifically named after the Shin Megami Tensei character. No other, not the Greek god, but the Shin Megami Tensei character based on the god. And I've been playing some Warframe, which is a free to play yeah, uh, that's a Norse god, by the way, for Thor. <laughs> before, yeah. before the chat room flips out. Oh, um, did I say? Did I say Greek god? You said Greek, yeah. And actually, okay. At- Atlas slash Sega is another one of those third parties I'm really interested in to see if they have anything significant for Switch, but also if they're bringing anything late to 3DS. I'm looking at you, Etrian Odyssey Five. Etrian Odyssey Five will come. I'm more curious to see if Strange Journey comes this year. I think the, the it deep, will. The yeah. Strange Journey again, Radiant, and also Radiant Historia remake as well, I guess. Radiant Historia remake. Atlas brings everything over. When was the last time Atlas like just did not bring something over? Well, they got they got really. I don't. I don't really can't really think of anything honestly, unless you want to get into like just if you, if really you get into the PS2 era. Or earlier, maybe you'll find something. But Atlas, as they exist, oh. is part of yeah. a Sega today. Yeah, they're probably bringing everything. Last thing I can think of that Atlas skipped was Eternal Punishments remake on the PSP, and that's because the PSP was second only to the DS in terms of platforms that were screwed by piracy. Yeah. Yeah, I bet Shin Megami Tensei is a series that is absolutely plagued by piracy. In fact, one might say, especially Shin Megami Tensei. Because that seems like the kind of series where a lot of people buy those games, and I bet a lot of people download those games without buying them. It's, it's some, There are just certain series that I feel like are more prone to it than others, and I think Shin Megami Tensei is one of those series. Because Have you ever heard of a demo for a Shin Megami Tensei game? I cannot. Well, that's a good question. I feel like there's an answer to it that's not exactly no. But it, there might never be. Yeah. I, anyways, I'm such a fan of Atlas. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've become such a fan of Atlas in recent years. Even, yeah. if they, even if they started charging a $10 tax, I don't even mind because they've been putting out some top-notch RPGs. And more than that, even more than that, They've been assisting Sega's localization effort. I'm pretty sure the reason why the Yakuza series is alive and well is because of Atlas. I'm also pretty sure that's probably the case with this new Valkyria Chronicles game that's been coming out. I've also been playing Valkyria Chronicles. It's like codename Steam, but good. Sounds about right. Have, have you played the original Valkyria Chronicles? Um, yeah, I actually own it three different ways. I think I paid about mm, 30 bucks combined for the three of them. That game is yeah. really good. That and game is really good. Unfortunately, it always bombs. Yeah, it's... Well, it's not perfect. I've been I'm about two, two and a half hours deep in Valkyria Chronicles, which is, by the way, a strategy game that takes inspiration from other strategy games... I would say almost consider it Sega's take on Fire Emblem. If you've played Codename Steam, 
you know what the gameplay of Valkyrie Chronicles is because Valkyrie Chronicles did that gameplay long before Codename Steam. The gameplay of it is top-notch. Great strategy. The story is egregious and gets in the way a lot. And it's an alright story, but every chapter, and I think there's maybe a dozen and a half chapters in this game, you're watching cutscenes for about 20 minutes to play a chapter that might be about 10. And it's not a visual novel, it's a strategy game, which makes this very, very frustrating. I, I well yeah I'm pretty uh, I at some point I want to get to it it just after this month you never I, you never played it especially I I've played it I, I played I played about a third of it on PS3 but I I have it on PS4 and really haven't touched it and I even got it on PC because I was able to get it for five bucks even though I'm not sure my laptop can run it PC gaming is so dangerous. I uh so with the PC it's by the way we already talked about E3 if other stuff comes up in the chat we'll talk about it for instance do do you think they'll talk about Zelda DLC my answer maybe a little but only probably maybe, a little that that seems like press kit material honestly stuff yeah. we get after the show yeah I don't Mario Kart Deluxe was Mario Kart 8 Deluxe if there's more DLC you might see that there I don't think there's going to be more DLC but I've been wrong many times before. But no, the reason why we're talking about PC is because that was more or less the only especially solid news story this week. We could talk about the fact that NBA Playgrounds is a not-that-great amalgamation of NBA Street and NBA Jam, but that almost seems like too sad to talk about. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to get into like 130 hundred and two hundred dollar limited editions for another NBA for a better NBA game that's coming out on the Switch later this year. NBA two K is coming out. It's got the Michael Jordan edition, which is very exciting. Except it's not the Michael Jordan edition this year. It's the uh it's the big the big Aristotle edition. Oh okay. Word. Word. Yes. No, noted uh, former rapper, actor and sheriff Shaquille O'Neal will be your, your cover athlete this year. And apparently there's retail exclusive uniforms. So if you want, I think you have, if you want them on the Lakers, I think you have to go to GameStop. I'm not sure if, how you get them on the magic. Mm, okay. Well, there you go. There's something to look forward to. Sheriff Goblin asks about detective Pikachu. I don't think we'll see it. I think we could see um, it. I think it might be in the press release after the fact, or it could be a, it's coming out today kind of thing. I mean, they did it last year with uh, with Rhythm Heaven, but I think honestly, at this point, there if they haven't released Detective Pikachu by now, I'd have to think they're sitting on it until the whatever they do with that movie. At which point, that's probably going to get ported to the Switch because mm -hmm. they they end that game on a to be continued. But at, there comes a point where it's like you may as well just do this on a, on a pl on a platform that you know you can actually see these things on a TV. Sure. No, that's a good point. As I was saying a couple minutes ago, and I don't have that much more to talk about, so we, so we might sunset this show in a few minutes. One of the most dangerous things about PC gaming, and I don't say one of the best things, one of the most dangerous things about PC gaming is how cheap it is to own digital games on PC. No piracy whatsoever. Fair and square, buying PC games. This morning, I bought XCOM Enemy Unknown, the new one, with XCOM Enemy Within and all the DLC for 1250. Today, 
I also bought European Truck Simulator 2 for $5. Yesterday, Alien Isolation and every piece of DLC for $12.50. A week ago, Tabletop Simulator for $10 where you can play basically any tabletop game you can ever think of. Yes, including Cards Against Humanity. Yes, including D&D. Yes, that weird waifu card game that everyone's been playing over the last few months. All those are representative. And a week ago also, I buy the Star Wars bundle for $18. That includes something along the lines of 25 different Star Wars games. A week ago, I spend $10 for five games that include Steven Sausage, Roll Hackinet, and a bunch of other games I haven't heard of before. And if you have a Nintendo, it's one thing that happens when you have a press account and you have for a number of years, and you probably noticed this, Donald, is that you will get random Steam keys, especially from publishers like Tiny Build, every so often. So you'll just build this weird war chest of 7 out of 10 indie games that you don't necessarily have an intention to play. So, at this moment, when I got a PC, I was at about 460 games. I bought a lot of PC games in anticipation of getting a PC. As of now, I am just over 500. PC gaming is dangerous. And it's, you, yeah, yeah. You would Go have ahead. to turn this into a full-time job and if you wanted to see like even half of those games. Absolutely. Uh, maybe a year ago, there's how long to beat.net or how long to beat.com where you can type in any game. It'll tell you how it'll tell you how to how long to beat a game is. But it'll also let you put in your Steam account. And you can put in your Steam account and it'll tell you how long to beat the entire library of your Steam account. I believe mine was something like 210 days. If I wanted to beat every single game in my library, granted, I'm not going to beat every single game. I don't have the intention of it because how many indie games are there? That's just you. That's just this weird puzzle game involving artistic circles that you push one circle into another, or this four out of 10 roguelike that you got in some humble bundle or this other game that you got in some free key sale on GOG. It's there's a lot of games that, that like are, you're going to play for five minutes. That I have that same problem. I've had that same problem a couple times. Once when I was going all in on like emulating stuff on PC, like I would, I would um, get a get a hold of, shall we say, uh, entire system libraries and be like, dip into something for two minutes. Like, okay, this sucks. Move on. And then the same thing happened when I with my sort of 3DS and Wii U backlogs because they're so chock full of these, you know, six out of ten. You know, eShop titles, this, the kind of stuff that Don would review yeah. that I play on, you know, I play them for five minutes, like, okay, this isn't holding my attention. I'm just going to jump back to whatever the big retail game of the moment is. So, yeah, yeah I, I, I can see a mild version of where you're coming from here. Like, if, if I get my PC, it's mainly for production, not for gaming, but the kind of production I'd want to do at that point would probably make for a good gaming PC as well. And I'm probably going to run into that same problem on PC. And yeah, if you have a gaming PC, you might as well experience PC gaming. Because at its peak, gaming on PC might actually be the best way to play video games. It's something I'm slowly coming around to, and I've been very resistant to it for a long time. But as I play on Steam, and as Steam's improved, and as things have gotten more optimized, granted, I have, I have a relatively powerful PC. 
but being able to sit in the comfort of a chair where you're responsible for every piece of technology that you're touching and you can tweak every setting to your uh, liking and all these games are cheap and all these games have an excessive number of re reviews behind them, everything from the indie all the way to the top. When you have that many exclusives and you have a library for one system that's over, what, 30, 40 years old? Even Steam itself is only 10 years old, or maybe 15 years old at this point. But PC gaming goes back around 40 years, and you, you definitely have access to all that stuff. But yes, what, what you're saying definitely, absolutely holds merit. Where you put on an indie game and you're like, I played three games that are like this but better in the last year. Yeah. yeah. But hey, the PC makes a great companion for somebody who owns a, who just has a Nintendo system and wants to see what the rest of the gaming universe look like looks like because most of what you're getting on the on the other consoles, unless you're really into, you know, Atlas stuff or first Sony or Microsoft first party such as it is with Microsoft, then you might as well go for a PC. We have a few more in the chat, and then we're going we're gonna to close this off. Do we see Sakurai's next project? Chair Goblin asks. I say no. Uh, next year, I think, for Sakurai at minimum, because I don't think he... Th that man has basically worked nonstop since about uh, 2006. Mm-hmm. So I would very much like for him to have a nice long, a nice long sabbatical, and then come back with something completely off the wall with really crap menus. He's still doing his his very honest Famitsu columns every yeah. issue. Where we called, I think he called Zelda a tiresome game, the new Zelda a tiresome game in the last issue. Yeah, which which I think he said it in a positive way, but also the way he's been talking about Nintendo. It definitely feels like someone who's not a Nintendo employee anymore, and he's not. But you can, but I wouldn't be surprised if his next game was on something other than Nintendo. Like it's a la Game Freak. Hell, Media Medios went to mobile at some point, didn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Zippo will Platinum have a Switch game? Yes, but not yet. Yeah, they just wrapped near Automata, so the A team is kind. So they're probably just ra they're probably doing DLC work on that for now. Mm. And any and I don't know if they're like taking what they had with Scalebound and readapting it into something, or they're just doing something completely new. But we're probably not going to. That's probably TGS at the earliest. Mm. Okay. And SWA, oh, TRBR on PC gaming. Once you play the best version of games, there's no going back to 720p 30 potatoes. That's what I've heard, because I have a 144 hertz monitor, which means I can play games up to 144 frames per second. Or I don't know if that's exactly how the technology works out, but it's pretty close to that. I can play games at a pretty high frame rate. And I hear that once you play games at a really high frame rate for a long time <clears throat> and have that level of responsiveness, 30 frames per second feels way too slow. So, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're right. So, Suave, last question. Do you think Sakurai will leave Nintendo to go indie? 
I don't he know. He already has. Yeah. Like, technically, he already has. Like they, He left Nintendo, I think, in 2003. And it's only... At the time, it was his relationship with Satoru Wada that kept him coming back to Nintendo platforms for his games. But yeah. he always had... Like, he always formed his own companies to handle these. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. He's he's not part of a Nintendo, but if you're asking, do you think his next game will be on Nintendo or Indie? If we make this like a a more of the now kind of question, because he is technically not a part of Nintendo anymore, I say, I hope he makes what he really wants to make, and he doesn't feel chained to Nintendo. If if he needs like a like if he needs a PS4 game to really do what he wants to do. I don't think we can begrudge him that because some people switches. will, many people so, will. No, oh, oh, I, I know. I, I mean, I've seen the reaction to the fact that he gave Horizon Zero Dawn a compliment in that column that we referenced earlier. But I would like to think that we would, we'd still get a crazy ass Sakurai game. What on whether it's on the Switch, whatever the 3DS successor is, or hell, cell phones. Yeah. And game, oh, do you remember when Game Freak did Tembo the Badass Elephant a couple of years and, back? And it, and it yeah. turned into hellfire over what turned out to be a relatively mediocre video game? I, I, we've got something in the works about indie games we want to come to the Switch. I put Tembo down just to close the loop on that. Well, Tembo is not Game Freak's only third party game, even in recent memory. There's a game that a lot of people did not pay attention to, and by a lot of people did not pay attention to, a lot of popular indie games on Steam will have tens of thousands of reviews, hundreds of thousands of reviews. Game Freak put out a game on Steam Early Access uh, a year or two back, and it finally released formally on February 6, 2017. 185 reviews. It's a game called Giga Wrecker. A game where you play as Rika, a girl who has the ability to manipulate debris and explore a world invaded by an army of evil robots. Experience and enjoy unique action, attractive characters, and a dramatic story. And it does not look fantastic, although it did review very positively. But Game Freak has a Steam game that no one paid attention to, following in the trend of Tembo the Badass Elephant, although way less publicized. This character art does not look fantastic. This is, this is a weird-looking game. It does have drilling. If you like your drilling in Game Freak games, this game yeah. does have drilling. Yeah, not the first time they've done uh, drilling in a game. See, Drill Dozer. Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Okay, actual last question. TJ says, what do you think this will mean for Smash? Namco's handling Smash. Sakurai's never going to touch Smash again. He's, he's, I hope not. Sakurai doesn't need to touch Smash. Namco Bandai is perfectly capable of making that game themselves more efficiently and more timely. And they could, I mean, they could do, if they do like a a deluxe edition, that the same thing we say with Mario Kart Deluxe, it doesn't preclude them from doing more content for for the deluxe version. You know, like have, you know, bring the Ice Climbers back if that's what it takes. Totally. I bet Ice Climbers come back if the Smash Switch version exists. I bet that's a stinger at the end of a trailer. Like, totally. 100%. I, I think that that's... We, we pushed one news story to its absolute limit, I say. 
which means it yeah. is time to close another Nintendo News Report. Alex Kalafi joined by Donald Terrio. Donald Terrio can be found at Donald Mick, D-O-N-A-L-D-M-I-C-K. I'm on Twitter at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. That is our show. Have a good night. Patreon.com slash NWR. Don't forget to support the show. iTunes. Look us up. Nintendo News Report on iTunes. Review us. We'll read on the show. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.